And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting across the multiverse, from the heights of Hlidskjalf to the depths of Niflheim, from the MCU to the DCU, from the slopes of Mount Olympus and beyond, you are tuned to the immortal sounds of Radio Free Asgard. And hello, everybody. Welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode 370. We're coming at you, as always, from beautiful Chicago, Illinois. My name is Tom Harris. And uh, to all of you out there in Corona world, I hope you're staying safe and sane. Uh, Big congrats to our listener, Chris, who is now allowed out of the house. Fully recovered. Hooray. Very good news to hear. Uh, Yeah, hopefully not everybody is too stir crazy. I know I am. I've got the wanderlust, something awful. I really, really would like to be traveling. And indeed, had this all not happened, I would have arrived in Shetland today. So yeah, not fun, not fun at all. It kind of sucks when your phone keeps reminding you, oh yeah, you have to catch this flight or this ferry. (laughs) um, Because I didn't bother taking all the stuff off my calendar. (laughs) I guess it's a reminder of what I would be doing had I been able to travel this, this week. But Hey, here I am, and here I am doing a show for you guys. So I guess it all worked out, didn't it? All right, so uh, I guess we have an issue of uh, the unworthy Thor to cover, so let's go ahead and move along to our review. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar, you'll behold in breathless wonder. And as promised this week, we are looking at the Unworthy Thor issue number four. And uh, this came out in 2016. And the cover art is by Oliver Koypel, completed by Matthew Wilson. Shows Thor, the Unworthy, after he had his haircut last issue, wearing the same clothes, though. And he's got what looks like a ring in his elbow, which I don't know if that's to hang him up on a key ring, uh, <laughs> like a key holder. I'm not really sure what it's for. It might be part of his belt, but it looks to me like he's just got this metal circle on his elbow. Anyway, uh, and behind him, there are these two women, and they are the evil villains uh, from last issue, the, the servants of Thanos. And uh, he's Thor, that is, in the foreground, is holding Yarn Bjorn and looking very angry. And let's go ahead and open up to the... Uh, the, not, not the splash page, but the credits page. I keep wanting to call it a splash page, and it's really not. When the being known as the Unseen alerted him to the existence of another hammer in old Asgard, Odin's son raced to the ruins of his former home, but found the entire realm missing. Fortunately, his old friend Beta Ray Bill knew who had stolen it. The Collector. Outmatched, the pair were captured and imprisoned. But the Collector isn't the only one after the hammer. Aided by a mysterious ally, the imprisoned Thanos unleashed his own lackeys, Black Swan and Proxima Midnight, on the Collector's ship. Meanwhile, Odin's son and Beta Ray Bill broke out and freed the murderous hellhound Thori and Odinson's trusty steed, Toothnasher. After mistakenly targeting a Stormbreaker, Beta Ray Bill's hammer, Thanos' servants confronted the Collector and battled for possession of the ultimate Thor's hammer, 
but Odin's son and his friends are coming for them. War of the Unworthy. There's a bunch of people here. Writer was Jason Aaron. The artists are Oliver Coipel with Kim Jacinto for present-day Thor. Fraser Irving doing the Young Thor segment. Isad Rebitz doing the uh, Worthy Thor. I guess that's the like, Thor God of Thunder segment. And Russell Dowderman doing the Unworthy Thor segments. Color artists are Matthew Wilson, Matt Mia, or Mila, and Fraser Irving. Letter in production is VC's Joe Sabino. Cover artist is Coy and Wilson. Variant cover artists are Phil Noto and Marguerite Salage. Associate editor is Sarah Brunstad. Editor Will Moss. Executive editor Tom Brevoort. Editor-in-chief Axel Alonzo. Chief creative officer Joe Castata. Publisher Dan Buckley. And Alan Fine is the executive producer. Thor created by Stan Lee, Larry Lieber, and Jack Kirby. Many years ago in the Weapons Hall of Asgard, we have a scene here. And this is young Thor once again trying to lift the hammer and... and uh, we, it's a very stylized sort of style, somewhat reminiscent of the of the Isad Rebitz uh, style, the, you know, the painted style. We have a young Thor, and he's going, Urg, move you blasted hunk of Uru, trying to lift the hammer. Thor's mother, and I guess it's it's supposed to be Frigg, I guess. It's, it's not, she's not really portrayed as, as Frigg, but anyway, she's like, Thor, son, what in the name of the gods are you doing? I felt it move, mother, said Thor. It it lifted off the pedestal for at least a second. I swear, I just have to... And he's trying again. Thor, please tell me you haven't been at this all night. My son, this is madness. I hear it calling me, mother. Every day, this hammer is my destiny, I know it. And yet, I still cannot. I fought a dragon today, saved an entire village on Midgard. Then I rescued a child kidnapped by trolls. Right at a capsized Viking ship. What more? What more do I have to do to prove worthy? Thor, my beloved son, look at me, your mother Freya, and hear my words as if they were thunder. No hammer in all the heavens can make you a better god. Only the heart that beats in your chest can do that. Maybe if I find another dragon... A larger dragon, the largest dragon in... No, no, more dragons. Get thee to bed, god of thunder, mother's orders. The hammer will still be there tomorrow, my son. Tis just a hammer, after all. It isn't going anywhere. And uh, we finish that little one-page... Uh, uh, that little one-page... Uh, and we end that little one-page flashback, and we move on to... The current day, uh, Unworthy Thor is uh, battling many, looks like, trolls. And it says here, I have faced countless fearsome battles over the years, fighting alongside gods and avengers, taking on giants and cosmic conquerors and beings beyond even an immortal's comprehension. But today I fight a battle unlike any other, and all my many eons of smiting and thundering. Today I fight to be whole again. To be the god I was always destined to be. Today I fight to be worthy. And he's bashing up a whole army of these uh, trolls, apparently. And no power in all the heavens will stand in my way. And so, yeah. Battle continues on. And we see Beta Ray and Thori. And they're they're going you know, wading into the battle as well. And uh, Thor continues to narrate here. And our way, I should say, is I do not fight alone. 
I am joined by my friend, that's Beta Ray Bill, my goat, and an enthusiastic new acquaintance, and it's Thory breathing fire and shouting, murder, murder, murder. Though the minions of our foes seemingly without end, we fight on, onward through the halls of the Collector's great space vessel. We fight until at last I see it again with my own eyes. Old Asgard, where once dwelt the gods, where now lies... My salvation. And we see the island of, of Asgard kind of floating there in the collector's ship, looking rather small, I might add. But anyway, um, yeah, and we see on top of it is the hammer of, of Ultimate Thor, and it's uh, crackling lightning around it. It looks like a hurricane kind of blowing around it. And uh, we have um, the Black Swan, and, and she's like, Enough! This folly ends now. You have no hope of victory this day, Collector, not against the Black Order. Thanos wants, which means Thanos gets. The Lord of Titan will have his tribute, and the Black Swan will be the one who... And she approaches the uh, the Mjolnir, the hammer, and she is uh, is repelled by lightning and wind and is just kind of just blasted back, and she's like... Gah! And the uh, Collector says... Fool, you think I haven't tried that already. If an elder of the universe cannot lift the blasted thing, then no one can. And there's a big blast of of wind coming up. And it, of course, is Thor. And he is approaching them. And it looks like the discs on his belt are glowing like headlights as he uh, uh, appears to have buried his axe in the back of one of uh, the collector's army. And he says... I have come for what is mine. Stand aside or be ready to bleed. And he gets his axe back. Bleed, yes, says uh, Proxima. Perhaps if we bathe in his god blood, we'll be able to lift the wretched hammer. Or if we wear his flesh like mittens, says the black swan. None of you will dare touch my property. You will become it, says the collector. And the the masked character, who I said last time I think might be... uh, might be Gore, is apparently not, because we actually see the bottom half of the face here, and it doesn't look anything like Gore's. But anyway, uh, they're saying, uh, Don't believe his boast. The Odin son is just as unworthy as the rest of us. Kill him. And we shift scenes, and we have a scene that says, Years ago, Asgard, the private quarters of Thor. And Thor is uh, sitting next to his bed, and we see Mjolnir sitting on top of a rock there, and, and Thor is uh, just kind of gazing at it. And a voice comes, You do this every morning, don't you? Do what? says Thor. Sit there looking at that hammer like you're afraid to touch it. Perhaps I am afraid, Jane Foster. Yes, is, is indeed Jane. And she is uh, wrapped in a towel as though she just got out of the shower. There's not a lot of guesswork as to what just went on here. You're Thor! I've seen you fight the most terrifying monsters imaginable, including your father. Why would you ever be afraid of your own hammer? It took me many years to be worthy of Mjolnir. Many years and many dragons and ultimately a particularly unpleasant showdown with... Well, tis a story for another time. Yet worthiness is not an absolute condition. It is something for which even a god must never stop striving. I fear this hammer because every morning when I wake... I never know if I will ever be able to lift it again. And in this case, he is able to lift it. And he uh, has it in his hand now. And he says, until I do. And that's exactly why you'll always be worthy, says Jane. 
You mortals are too trusting of your gods. I grew up in a home devoted to science. I never believed in any god, not even when I was nine watching my mother die of cancer. I'm still not sure what I believe, even after all the wonders I've seen here in Asgard and beyond. Maybe your father really did create the first humans from a couple of ash trees. Or maybe you're all just aliens who live a really long time. All I know for sure is, you're the kind of god I've always wanted to believe in, Thor. And uh, she, she pulls Thor close to her, and they're gazing at each other. I know not what to say, says Thor. Then just shut up a minute, will ya? And they smooch. And then we shift scenes back to present day. Unworthy Thor fighting against Thanos' servants. Back to the Oliver Koypel art. Yeah, it's a double page here of the battle going on. And we've got uh, Thor with his axe fighting against Proxima. And yeah, Black Swan and company are there as well. Anyway, and Beta Ray Bill is here. So anyway, Proxima is leaping towards Thor and she says, Thanos didn't ask for your head as guardian, but perhaps I'll bring it to him anyway. Thanos already has a head. His guts he is sorely lacking. If someone should find him, tell him the Prince of Asgard will be waiting to face him. Hammer in hand. And he doesn't have the hammer at the moment, but he is uh, knocking her back with the axe and is doing quite well. And uh, Bill is, is fighting Black Swan, and he's talking to her as he fights Black Swan. I hear that almighty Thanos sits inside of a jail cell on Earth. You will soon find yourself joining him. Actually, you will be joining the rest of your horse-faced race in oblivion, Corbinite bastard. And we shift to Thori, and he, yeah, it seems to recognize this person in the cloak. And the person in the cloak is like, Hellhound, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Stand down, dog, I command you as, huh, I don't think you command nothing no more, especially this dog. And he blasts fire at the person uh, uh, with his mouth. Oh, this is something makes sense now. Interesting enough. Okay. And so the battle is ongoing. And um, so I, we have a, somebody floating around on a flying disc thing. I think it might be the collector. The, uh, I'm not really sure who it is, but they're saying, uh, someone put this infernal goat back in its cage. And uh, Thor is uh, fighting against uh, the the force of the um, hammer, kind of encroaching on it. And I guess they're still the Thanos' servants trying to stop him. And he's thinking to himself, would feel any different when I heft it and throw it, when it magically returns to my hand, when I fly? By all the gods do I miss flying. Will it whisper like the other one always? Uh, and uh, he's, he's encroaching on the hammer, and he's getting really close to it. And he is pulled out from next to it by this big, long chain. And this, of course, is the collector, and uh, who I believe is the one he was talking a couple panels before. But anyway, um, yeah, so he's yanked away from it by the collector. I told you, you unworthy waste of a Thor. That hammer belongs to me. You all belong to me. No, tis not a whisper, Thor continues. The hammer is screaming, screaming like thunder. The same words over and over. Where is my Thor? And we shift scenes and we are back in the past again. This is nine months ago in Asgardia. Uh, we are back to Russell Dowderman art, I can tell. Uh, and uh, we have Thor looking very beefy and, uh, in, you know, well, quite frankly, kind of woofy, uh, standing in front of this empty rock. A voice comes from 
beside him and is like, uh, Thor? Or, I mean, Odin's son? And it's Jane again, but this is Jane as she was later. This is Jane with cancer, uh, who is also girl Thor, etc., etc. I still really hate to call you that. Son of Odin sounds more like an insult than a name. I couldn't, I maybe call you Prince or... Sorry, the door was open and I was worried. I haven't seen you for days. I've heard you've barely left your room since that whole thing on the moon. And Thor's not responding to her at all. Hello? I can come back some other time if you're busy. Busy? I. Quite busy, says Thor. Busy being useless and unworthy. As someone who has loved you for a very long time, believe me when I say the hammer doesn't make the man. You are so much more than just a chunk of Uru. Easy for you to say, Jane Foster. You've never held it. Thor, wait. Not my name. But where are you going? To find the one thing in Asgardia which I am still capable of lifting. Mead, and much of it. Haven't had a drink in months. And we shift scenes back to the present day, and of course back to the... uh, different art style here of, of Koipel. He's got the neck, uh, or he's got the chain that the collector thrown in him, kind of wrapped around his neck, keeping him back from the hammer. And he's, uh, he's thinking to himself, haven't had a drink in months. The only food I've consumed has been the same gruel the guards feed to all the collector's pets. Haven't seen the stars or the faces of my friends. Haven't heard my mother's voice just to know that she is well, even though something deep in my gut tells me she is not. Haven't slept unless you count being beaten unconscious. In other words, not only am I unworthy, I'm irritable, a supremely dangerous combination, especially when one has an enchanted axe, an arm of black Uru, and a large hungry goat. And, um, you know, fighting during this whole time that this is going on, we see uh, Beta Ray Bill is getting blasted back by the uh, the collector's guards. Um, and we then come to Thori, Thori has actually reached out to the hammer. He's actually at the hammer trying to pick it up in his mouth. And um, he's, he's trying to lift it. It's a cute little panel here. And uh, he says, Thor is trying to fetch. Good dog. Huh. Tastes worse than hellhound poo, he says to uh, the hammer. A whisper. That was all it took, Thor is thinking. A whisper I still cannot unhear. And worse yet, cannot refute. And at the same time, he is fighting the collector. And the collector is saying... Uh, I don't care if you're in a cage or stuffed and mounted, but you are all my property, and no one here gets out alive. And Thor knocks him off of his floating platform thing, and the collector's like, "Arg!" And again, we have Thor's thoughts here. A whisper. A whisper was all it took to bring me down. To rise again, I need to be stronger than whispers, stronger than my enemies, stronger than unworthiness. And I need one other thing. I need a hammer. And he um, manages to fight his way to the hammer. And we have um, Thor grabbing the handle of the hammer. And then we shift to the unseen. So this is that hooded person, not the hooded person who's in this issue, the hooded person who's on the moon. And uh, the, the, <laughs> I know, too many hooded people in the series, aren't there? And the, uh, the hooded person says, Yes, the unseen sees... What began with a whisper now ends with thunder. To be concluded. And that is the Unworthy Thor issue number four. We'll be talking all about this issue in just one minute. 
Hey, I'm Jen. And I'm Sean. We're here to tell you about our podcast, Worst Collection Ever. And this is the show where we tell you about the worst comic book collection in existence. And it just happens to belong to us. We have some of the worst comics from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. They're bad. They don't, Terrible. They're not worth anything. No good. Why do we Very own them? Bad. I own a number of issues of Terror, Inc. and Guy Gardner. Basically, we go around to local comic book stores and we buy everything we can out of dollar boxes. We tell you about the weird stuff in them. We tell you about stuff that's related to them. We go into tangents and we're very uninformed. So, Oh my God, totally. But totally check out our podcast because you'll hear us just talk and joke about Marvel books and DC books from God only knows when. That's right. It's our show. Worst collection ever. Every Tuesday on iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts. Download, rate, subscribe, tell a friend. It'll be good and terrible, but good. And we're back. And of course, we have a few comments about the issue, as we always do. So I have to say, I'm still enjoying the book. I really think that if somebody came to me and said, point me to a Jason Aaron Thor comic that you think that is is just eminently enjoyable, I, I would have a hard time not pointing them to this, this series, uh, this, this unworthy Thor. It's a kind of a, you know, shift in the character. And so there, there is something kind of big going on kind of behind the scenes. But I think it's been very well told. It's been really well paced. You have a good balance of the suspense and you also have a good balance of the, of the action. Maybe, maybe a little bit more fighting than, than I like normally. But there, the story is nonetheless progressing in a way that makes sense for the character. And, and I like that. You know, it, it seems to, you know, he does at his best have a pretty good handle on Thor. And maybe it's just because I've covered so much of his stuff now, but you know, I can't always say that about the other Thor stuff that he's written. Some of it annoys me, as you know. But I like this series, and I like what he's been doing with it. Let's talk about the artwork a little bit, because there's, I think, probably more to talk about the artwork this time than I normally do. So we do have this first little sequence here of young Thor, and this is drawn by uh, Fraser Irving. It's a very different style. I know I, I compared it a little bit earlier to the to the Isad Rebitz stuff in in things like Thor God of Thunder. And because it's these are painted pages, that kind of still applies. And I'm wondering now, looking at it, if it's more like um oh what's his name? The guy who used to draw Lobo. Uh, you know the British uh, guy who did a lot of uh, painted stuff. It it's it is a bit stylized. Some of the faces are very cartoony. I'm not thrilled with his portrayal of of Freya because it doesn't look like any Freya we've seen before, and she's got this weird sort of helmet hair that I, it makes me wonder if he can draw women. Um, to be quite honest, it, it, it's I guess it's fine, you know, but. It's, yeah, it's not something that, that I'm really used to seeing as far as, uh, you know, Thor comics goes. And, you know, this is only a you know, little two-page sequence. So, yeah, it's not that bad. Um, of course, the Oliver Quaypel stuff, the, the current day stuff, it's all brilliant. Uh, it, it does seem a bit choppier, sketchier than it has been. That's okay. It works for the context. Um, you know, there is like a lot of battle going on. The chaos of the battle comes through really well. And that's because it's a chaotic battle scene. So again, it makes sense. Uh, we do have the Isad Rebitz page here where we have um, uh, Thor 
and Jane Foster talking. And it's not an Isad Rebitz that we're used to seeing in a painted mode as we're used to seeing him. But uh, yeah, it is it is a really, really well-drawn, well-laid-out, you know, and because it's not painted in that watercolor style, uh, it is different. You, he still has a lot of the details that, that he would normally have. Uh, very well put together, a couple of pages here as, as Thor and, and Jane are talking, as much as I'm not real fond of the Jane Foster character. Um, this doesn't look like any Jane we've ever seen in the comics before, so where it falls into continuity, who really knows? But yeah, it, I will say that this character... If I had to, to decide who it was without knowing who it was, I would say it looks almost like Lorelai. Um, yeah, because it, it's she's not very Jane Foster like. However, I really do like the art here uh, from uh, from Rebitz. Then go back to a few pages of the uh, yeah Koipel art again. I'm not going to mention it again. Uh, and then the of course the final section here where we have uh, uh, Thor and Jane Foster with Dauterman art. And uh, like, you know, like I always say, I, I like Dauterman's art. It's really grown on me over time. And, and uh, he, he is a, a master of layout. I think that's really where his strengths lie. And it looks good. I mean, it, you know, it's a really, really nice page here. So uh, that's about it. Uh, overall, I think the series is going well. We have one more issue. It'd be funny if the dog can lift the hammer and uh, yeah, it becomes, you know, the mighty Thori. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, but it would be funny if it did happen. Yeah, and the, the hooded character uh, is, yeah, now clearly not gore, and that's, you know, that's okay, but we'll find out who it is next time, I guess. Uh, that is it for this week. Hey, thanks again for listening, folks. Really do appreciate it. And if you uh, want to email the show, you can do so. The email address is RadioFreeAsgard at gmail.com. You can also join us over on Facebook. Just look for Radio Free Asgard there, and you'll find us. And with that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard. And we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review, send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends, if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard. <laughs>